0: Roll the tape, let's roll. Or whatever. Judge Buds, episode 5. Welcome back. It's me, your host, Spoke Z. On Twitter, at Spoke Z. My OnlyFans, at... No, I'm just kidding. I don't have that yet. Um, yep, welcome back. Ready for another Episode. Happy, whatever, Tuesday. Uh, happy November. We're through Halloween. All eyes on Thanksgiving. Uh, I was out earlier grabbing some things at the shops, and everyone's got their Christmas shit out. Um, not showing love for Thanksgiving. They had Christmas music playing at the store I was at. And actually, I'll be honest with you, usually I'm like, all right, let's roll, let's get in the season. Um, let's get in the mood, but let's show some love for Thanksgiving first. It's literally November 1st. So, let's focus on Thanksgiving, you know, one holiday at a time, one day at a time, one foot in front of whatever, you know, you know what I'm saying. Uh anyways, I am almost confident that I'll actually be able to keep this episode fairly short. Um Am I positive? Nope. Um, And when I say I'm pretty sure, do I mean that? Nope. Um, But in theory, this one should be fairly short uh, because this week was probably um, the least amount of hockey I've watched in like two years, I'd say. I don't think there was any prospects that I just didn't watch at all. I think I caught a little bit of everybody. Um, but not the usual uh, multiple hours a day. Um, I didn't watch every game in full of... every. Like, usually there's one kid. Well, that's not true. Usually there's a couple kids that I watch uh all of their games like every minute and i cut down or i cut clips of their shifts and stuff didn't do that this week i caught most of the stuff i had a couple of guys i really wanted to key in on and i got most of their stuff but i don't think there was any prospect who i watched every second of every shift that they played this week so that was a first for me um because i'm tired of shit and I've been doing job interviews because apparently you have to, like, have a job to, like, pay rent and stuff and make money and, I don't know, whatever. So I'm pretty wiped. um, But still caught enough to put up an episode. But in theory, <clears throat> we should be able to keep this to less than an hour. Um, the door's cracked. I am expect this is right around the time where the dog starts coming in. Starts wandering around before he eventually lands on this couch. But he's not here yet, so maybe he'll make his guest appearance soon. Uh, so stay tuned. I left the door cracked instead of closing it all the way. It's kind of pissing me off, but you know whatever. It's it's his world. We're just living in it. So let's just go. Here's the plan for today. We're gonna to talk about the wild. Obviously, we have to. A bunch of kids came up and played. Uh, they had three games a week, whatever. Uh, then I'll jump into Iowa. Um, their games are pretty fun this week. I watched all of the second game and probably about half of that first game. But I went back and looked at a couple shifts I wanted to see. Then we'll do the prospect roundup. And at the end, I actually have a couple of questions. I mean, I didn't once again, I forgot to put out a tweet asking for questions, of course. But uh, Isha or whoever is running the account did. And I got a couple, I got a couple messages. Um, I got a couple of replies to tweets, asking questions. So I'll bring those up. I think I got about like four or five maybe. Um, and then we'll just get the fuck out of here and we'll go on with our week. And all 12 of you, that's a bold, that's a bold 12 um, can carry on. Let's see if we can do it. Let's see if we can keep it under an hour um in theory i'm confident but in actuality i'm I'm not at all so let's just go let's just do it all right okay great cool i don't care because it's my podcast so fuck you um let's talk about the wild um record wise not great one and two but but that the the one win you know i don't want to keep saying every week i fucking told you so uh, but Rem Pitlick, boys. Rem Pitlick. What did I tell you? The kid's sick. So he comes in. Um, you know, again, this kid hasn't played a ton with that senior squad, anyways. So he's going to have to work to get into games and fit in and figure out a line. He obviously was on that fourth line, he's playing on the left wing. And, um, I think his final stat line was like nine minutes. He played the fewest amount of minutes of anybody on the team. Part of that was that penalty. Um, But how good did he look? How good did he look? I told you. What does a kid do? He scores. He doesn't need a ton of time to generate scoring chances. Natural center, playmaker, score. The kid loves to put the puck in the back of the net. He's super skilled, and he's super smart offensively defensively it's a work in progress but that's not really a big deal for me right now um this is a kid who worked his way up to be re- nhl ready in the nashville or- nashville organization he got there and then he had to switch teams but i went through that trade tree of his pick so originally this is a wild pick and you know five years later here he is and he makes his debut finally and how sick was that assist how sick was that assist I mean, that's just textbook, that's ragu, tomato sauce. Just a fucking mini baby UFO right to Dumbo with an open net, and obviously Dumbo's not going to miss from there. Um, I don't think people understand how hard that like short saucer pass is right? Like it's one thing to just like send one deep without having to hit anyone's stick or you're like clearing the puck or you're going for the empty net. Um, it's a whole other thing to be able to lift a puck over a stick, have it land on a guy's tape and pretty much take all of the work off of the goal scorer. Um, and it was a thing of beauty. And before that he comes out of the box, Nico Stern makes a good defensive play right at the end of the Vancouver power play. And he sends Thatcher Demko searching for his jockstrap. And he somehow in the post, which was just brutal. But what a move that was. I thought he looked great. I thought he was timid at the beginning of the game. Didn't really look like he was sure what his role was on that fourth line. It's not usually the spot for him. But um, that fourth line has consistently been up until probably the last couple games maybe. Uh, Minnesota's most consistent line in terms of driving play um, and kind of generating scoring chances, to be honest with you. Just looking good consistently every night, despite not playing a, a lot at all. I think Nick dad has been awesome. Brandon Duhame, who, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about him in a second. He's been awesome, obviously. Um, And Nico Sturm's just a stud. That kid is so good. It's insane. He's so good. Like, I love Nico Sturm. I can't believe he didn't get drafted, but um, he looks great. But, yeah, Rem Pitlick, I told you, the kid's sick, super skilled. He's a natural goal scorer, natural centerman, playmaker scorer, and he looked every bit apart. And, like, because it's Minnesota sports, and because, because of course, the next day literally gets thrown on the COVID list with Zuccarello. Um, So now he's out. And I don't know when I don't I haven't I didn't even look. I probably should have considering I have a fucking wild podcast or a prospect podcast. And I uh, talk about Rem Pitlick like he's my son because he is. I probably should have looked up when he's going to be back or whatever. like what the rule is. But I guess it's soon. And I wonder where he slots in when he comes back. Do you throw in that third line? Fiala, Goudreau have the all Milwaukee slash Nashville alumni line. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I love him because he is my son. So thought he looked great. Excited to see him come back and pick up right where he left off. I think that assist in his first game is going to give him a lot of, uh, a lot of confidence to keep playing that way. And actually last year he got in those, I think it was 10 games. Maybe it was nine. I can't even remember. Um, in one, of, it was either his last game or one of his last games against Tampa, he had two assists, and the uh, second assist was really similar to that one. It was just another short range, little beautiful saucer pass. Um, but yeah, so that kid, Chuck Sauce, he's nasty. He rocks. He's my son, and he should be in the lineup when he comes back and doesn't test positive for COVID or whatever the rules are. Um, let's talk about Duhame. The Vancouver game, he was a stud. I think he had like five shots on goal, or maybe he had two shots a goal and five hits. I think that was, that seems more like it. Um, I mean, he just, he just did, he just did Brandon Duhame hockey, right? Like he literally was running around hitting everything that moved Um, defensively. He was totally responsible throwing hits positionally sound. And then you go the other way and he's got a little bit of offensive instinct. He's a great skater, obviously, in terms of like pure speed, even if it's not like the most technically sound skating form ever um the kid can move and again he's super smart like it it is so tough for dudes and I oh sorry I, I say dudes because probably the NHL but it's so hard for players to like be in a fourth line role where like on a lot of teams on a lot of teams your job is hey just try not to get scored on and then like kind of get the puck out and just get off the ice. Obviously, not necessarily what that fourth line's job is with Minnesota, just because they are really good. You have Nick Bjugstad, who's played a long time in the NHL. You have Nico Sturm, who is a super high IQ, super high, um, super high IQ defensively, unbelievable to be honest with you. Super smart player who has some scoring touch as well. <laughs> and another guy that just moves Jesus Christ to see fast. I always forget how fast he is. There was one play in the third period against Vancouver where he wins an offensive, or sorry, a D-zone draw to the left of Talbot, and nine seconds later, he finishes the play with a really shrewd little backhand bad angle attempt on Demko that he didn't see coming, and he made a reactionary save and generates an offensive zone faceoff. And now you allow that top line to come on the ice for that offensive zone draw that's something that is so valuable, right like to be able to be relied upon to win that face off and then go down the other way and win an offensive zone draw so now you have your top line come out <clears throat> after they get their rest and now they have a free face off and a free chance to win it and whatever get a ch- uh, shot on goal, scoring chance, whatever. Like, that's that's super valuable, and that's what the fourth line does. And that's why the Minnesota Wild are able to roll four lines, um, among some of the best teams in the NHL, right? So, but let's talk about Duhame because, uh, yep, it was great against Vancouver. Um, I think pretty much everybody was pretty bad against Seattle, honestly. Like, there were flashes where they were fine, and then there was just a couple breakdowns defensively. Um, anytime Hayden Flurry scores twice on you, that's not great. Um, probably want to save from Talbot on at least one of those, but you know, those games are going to happen. Seattle's rocking right now. Obviously they've been a little bit better at home. They kind of stunk so far. I thought they were going to be a lot better just because they have a lot of low event, solid defensive hockey players, but they've kind of stunk, but Hey, they're kind of turning on a little bit, right? Like they're winning some games. They smashed Montreal. Donato went cheese on the backhand. Holy Lord. What a goal. After surprise, surprise, I got scratched for a couple games. Um, but so whatever, throw the Seattle game out the window. Um, and then the, the Colorado game, Brandon Duhame. Oh, Brandon. Oh, Brandon, you silly bastard. Um, I don't know if I've said it, if I did say it on this podcast, but I've been on the soda pod before. And the first time I talked about Duhame this summer when I was like, you know, shaking the pom-poms that he'd make the team because I'm a genius, and I knew that, and I have Bill Garren's phone number, and I talk to him every day. Um, I told you, he doesn't really go very many games where you don't notice him for one reason or the other. Either he's playing really well and doing the things that the fourth line's been doing consistently every single game, uh, or he's running around, throwing hits, fighting, and, like, just killing people. That's just what he does, right? So, like, for a young player like him, he looks great right now. Being able to do that, not being relied upon heavily to score. And this time, he took it a little bit too far. You know, I said it before, like... He's going to be doing his thing, running around, playing well, or he's going to like, oh, look, there he is in his defenses. Oh, look at that. What a nice defensive play. Oh, look at that. He generated a scoring chance. Oh, look at that. He ran someone's head through the glass. And he pretty much did that. Of course, he has Bowen, <laughs> Bowen Byram. Um, that's a that's a young hockey player throwing a hit because he needs to throw hits um, and not really having that veteran or experienced NHL player wherewithal to be like, hey, you can't throw that hit there because it's a penalty 10 times out of 10 and it's nine times out of 10, a pretty bad one. Um, Listen, he'll learn from it. I'm not, that's not going to be, I mean, well, he'll do it again. He absolutely will do it again because he plays so hard. But to me, like the whole thing with, you know, it sucks you put the team, in a bad spot there at that point in the game, trying to come back. And now they have to kill a five minute major. Obviously Colorado scores pretty early and then they actually shut it down pretty well. But um to me, like, uh, yeah, don't take the five minute major. Don't like try to murder bone Byrum. But in the grand scheme of things, I'd <sighs> maybe it's, maybe it's not the right thing to say because again, they, had a five. you put colorado on a five minute power play. that's brutal but like i'd rather have a kid take a penalty because of the way he is in terms of how hard he plays and he's gonna finish every hit he's not letting up he's not gonna be timid he's not gonna back down from anybody and he's not gonna not throw that hit i'd rather that than like a kid take a stupid tripping penalty because he's reaching you know what i mean does that make sense probably not um but in hindsight, or well, not in hindsight, maybe in hindsight, I don't know. That might not, I don't know, I'm tired. That might not make sense. Leave this in. Don't edit it out happily. It's fine. Um, or Isha, whoever the fuck's editing this. You know what? Like, I'm not all that mad. And like, it ended up being bullshit because clearly McKinnon comes over. And that's literally a fight. They are fighting. They both drop the gloves and try to punch each other. So Nathan McKinnon should be off for five minutes. How they first of all took away his first NHL fighting major and then said, you know what? It's like they the refs came together, said it's Nathan McKinnon, you know, like he's a really important player. We can't like so We need him on the ice. Was like they needed him on the ice. Why did that happen? Why was that a, a roughing minor? That made no sense to me. So now instead of incidental fighting majors, now you have Nathan McKinnon coming back on during a five-minute power play. I'm like, what are you gonna do? You know, like what are you like? And the fact that they didn't give up a goal when he came back on the ice is insane. But that was ridiculous. That was terrible. Like, I just can't fathom looking at what happened out there and be like, yeah, no, that wasn't an actually that wasn't actually a fight, though. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, well, where Duhame's punch is not good enough. Like piss off. And McKinnon's the one that came over and like challenged him. Like you saw, like him throws the head. You can see him go, ah. <laughs> Literally, the camera's right in his face. It goes, ah, oh, fuck b And he gets up. He sees McKinnon, so he drops his gloves. And McKinnon's like, oh, I don't think McKinnon planned on fighting. Um, he's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll fight. And he, they both, they both took the gloves off. So that's a fight. That's a fight. So how that transpired, I don't understand. Um, but Hey, all in all that Colorado game, they didn't even play that bad. Like they battled and they had a couple, they had a couple chances where it's like, how did that puck not go in? Um, you need more from Kaprizov. Jesus Christ. You need more from Kaprizov. I mean, he's trying, um, but he looks like he's fighting the puck a little bit. Right. So that's not great. But I mean, it's Kirill Kaprizov. So, and with Kevin Vial, I mean, that that's a kid that's, that's busting his balls. He's trying hard. It's gonna happen though, right? Like he always has that streak of games where he'll put up like twenty points in twelve games. That's coming, and I think it's gonna come soon. Um so yeah, one and two week. One game was really bad, the other two are pretty good. Obviously, you want a better result in that Colorado game, but I honestly thought they worked really hard and looked pretty good. Um But what are you gonna do? It's Colorado. Um, But I can't move on, I guess, from the Minnesota Wild because we had a couple other call-ups. Kalen Addison, Adam Beckman, Kyle Rau, Connor Dewar. Um, I was at the bar (laughs) for a little bit of the uh, Seattle game. And I was really excited because Dewar came up and he played. And everybody looked terrible that game, so people got mad at him, obviously. And Lazat. And Lazat. Lazat had a rough one. He had a very rough game. Um, But I also put essentially zero stock into a prospect's game. We're not even... How old is he? I I just wrote it down. I literally just wrote it down. Hold on. He's 26, so I guess he's not really a prospect. But I'm not really putting any stock into that game for any of those guys um, because the whole team looked terrible, right? So... Yeah, he didn't look great. He had no idea he was coming up anyways, but, um, yeah, I'm not going to put any stock on that whatsoever. Um, Connor Dewar had flashes, right? Like, he looked fine. Like, no, he didn't score. You know, he didn't do a whole lot, but, again, the whole team didn't do a whole lot, but uh, any, uh, like I said, I was at the bar, so I may or may not have had like a drink or two. I think I tweeted out like any doer slander will immediately result in me reading your username and full name on the next episode of Judd's Buds and incite. Essentially, I said I was going to incite violence, so I'm sorry, I didn't really mean that. Yes, I did. Um, I'm not going to do that because I didn't. I think the doer slander stopped after. Um, but he made a couple good defensive plays. He made a couple offensive. Like I thought he was fine. He fit in. Like he didn't look like a kid that just was scared of the moment i thought he was fine so again that game i'm not really putting a whole lot of stock into it um so then addison and beckman come up uh for that colorado game first of all i thought Kalen addison was fucking awesome he looked really good i thought um i mean he's played a couple of nhl games before um and, and again this is Kalen addison you listen to an interview. He talks like this and, uh, you know, whatever he's quiet and he just looks like he kind of sounds like he's like out oh, to lunch half the time. Uh, but I think he's kind of just like a booty. I think he's just like quiet and like goofy. Um, but I thought he looked great. I thought he, again, not that's a kid that's legitimately, he could throw him in a game seven of the Stanley copies and like okay. Yep. It's like, he plays with like his eyes looking like he'd be falling asleep, but he's just doing his thing out there. um, I thought he looked great. I thought he looked really, really good. wasn't shy in the moment, but he played well. Um, What was his stat line? Just under 14 minutes, shot, hit, block. Didn't get any special teams love. So people have asked me for thoughts on what prospects get called up. And you're like, I say it over and over again in terms of like the Iowa guys, it's going to be the Kyle Rouse. It's going to be the Cramarosas, It's going to be those guys who, first of all, have played NHL games before, but they're not top six guys. Um, Because 99% of the time, they're getting called up to play third and fourth line minutes. And why are you going to put a Marco Rossi out there to play eight minutes and no special teams love defensive? Like, you're not going to do that. There's no point. Let them go marinate in the A. On that nasty Iowa team um, and develop that way by playing a lot of hockey. Uh, to me, it's totally different, though, when you're talking about defensemen. The only like, if you want to call Kalen Addison up to play, like, he absolutely could have made this hockey team, um, you know, and like, basically do what he did against Colorado, play like 14 minutes. He's getting a ton of special teams love. No, but I mean, Jared Spurgeon signed for another 4,000 years. So you're not going to get a ton of power play time anyways. Um, but defenseman is totally different. First of all, there's only six of is on the ice. That was bad. Sorry. Um, but you pretty much just have to be confident, defend fairly well in the offensive zone just don't cough up the puck of the blue line and you're like it, it's easier not easier but the bar's lower for a defenseman coming in and playing than it is for like an Adam Beckman when what he does is score goals and you have him on the fourth line um so I thought Kaylin was that's seven NHL games now I believe so now you're thinking about the waiver wire and Right now he's waiver exempt. You can go up and down from Iowa. <clears throat> it's not a problem. There's no waivers he has to clear. Um, so I wonder how much how many more games he's gonna get. Um, but th- that also tells you what, how they feel about throwing Jordy Benn and uh, John Merrill on the ice together. But <clears throat> I was actually surprised, kind of, that Beckman got the call, especially because he was in that he was on that fourth line. Now, it kind of made sense when he played with Rao, when he played with Dewar, because those are two guys he's been playing with in Iowa. Um, but again, like Adam Beckman, the NHL Adam Beckman, is going to be a guy who you're hoping hits 30. You're hoping he's a power play sniper. You're not throwing him in defensive zone draws and then telling him to get off the ice. Like, if you do that, you're not unleashing Adam Beckman on the NHL and you're not letting him live up to who he is as a player so I was surprised on the fourth line but again playing with Rao and Dura made a little bit of sense Um, he didn't get any special teams love though like none I think he actually got four seconds of PK time (laughs) when I looked at the stat sheet Um, so it was kind of annoying but I actually thought he looked good too like I thought he fit right in Um, I think he finished with three shots on goal I think he played like ten minutes or so again no special teams um, I think he had like a hit or a block. I think he had a block. But I thought he looked fine. And then he comes out of the box. And we're serving the Duhane penalty. And he's in on a breakaway. And what happens? The play gets blown dead. I start screaming. Screaming. Dog, Dog was on the couch. He got up. Apologized to him, you know, that yo dude, my bad. And he was like, Yeah, I mean, I saw that, that was crazy. Um, but so I was going nuts, and then I saw why, and I was like, Okay, Kulikov got hit in the head with a shot, so that, yeah, you gotta blow the plate dead, but it also sucks. But the, the most noteworthy part of his uh debut, and I don't know why I was surprised at all, this kid with his confidence and how he's just got this swagger, Adam Beckman is just. He was—he's a natural born beauty. He comes out no bucket, no bucket, wormies. Oh my god! If you think that kid's not scoring 500 in NHL goals, you're out of your mind. You see that kid come out for his rookie lap, no bucket. My god, I honestly—I saw that. I was like, he's gonna score four tonight. Here we go. Here he comes. Um, but he didn't. Uh, but yeah, I thought he looked fine. He looked pretty good. Um, nope, here comes a dog. <sighs> Who else came up and played? We talked a little bit about Dua Rao. Lazat, don't worry about it. That's not, it's fine. That game, that was whatever. So I think that that's about it. I don't really want to talk about Minnesota. We're already half an hour in. There's no way I keep this to an hour. Jesus Christ. Um. But yeah, Addison Be- Be- uh, Beckman, Jesus, they looked great. Thought they fit in. Didn't look scared. Uh, Kyle Rau did what Kyle Rau does. He had a shot on goal, 10 minutes ice time. I mean, fourth line. What do you, what do you want from him? I thought Dewey looked pretty good. Uh, I thought it looked pretty good against Colorado. Like 11 and a half minutes. I think he had a hit, a shot, a block. PK time. That thought it looked good. Um, But, yeah, let's just move on. Now, Iowa. They had a fun weekend. Um. Lost that first game. You're playing Manitoba. They've got Cole Perfetti. they got a couple players. Um, I think I wrote down a bunch of stuff from those games. Yeah, they, they outshot Manitoba in that first game. And they went one for four on the power play, two or three on the PK. Lost 5-3. Um, They were in the game pretty much the whole time. Rossi looked really good. Um, who else looked really good? Chafee looked really good. Chafee had he finished, I think he finished second star of the game. He had eight shots on Cole and one goal. Cremarosa had another assist. He's just lighting it up. He's got like six points in seven games or whatever it is. Um Nick Swain he got another, he's on a four-game point streak now. He looked really good again. Uh again, I talked about it last week. He gets drafted in the two hundreds and now Pronman went back and did his redraft and has him in the top 100 and projected or to have a chance to play NHL games. That's not, that's not easy to do, especially a couple of years out from your draft year to be looked at by independent scouts who have no care for Minnesota wild at all to be viewed as a kid that has a chance to play NHL games. That's, that's legit. Um, Mason Shaw was awesome. Again, Rudy him. scored at five shots on goal that game <laughs> Uh, Joe Hicketts has been a stud down there. He had a goal and an assist. Um But yeah, the first game it was just you know it was it was one of those games it was a toss up. Um and they kind of got they kind of got screwed at the end because I think Kreberosa took a cross check penalty, was a piss. There's like five minutes left in the game. I don't know if they were down by one or two at that point. I can't remember. Um, but he lost his fucking marbles. He was so pissed off, so he gets a fucking misconduct. He has a 10-minute misconduct for abuse of officials. So then they were at the PK because he just took a stupid penalty for basically telling the ref to go fuck himself. Um, and that kind of killed the game off from there. But yeah, they looked fine. They were in the game the whole time. It was a pretty entertaining game. Um, again, the guys you want to look good, uh, AK pretty much just like Marco Rossi, realistically. But He looked awesome, picked up another assist, Um, and it wasn't, so it was technically a second assist or whatever, a secondary assist, Um, but it was a really smart play, a really smart play. So it wasn't just like a, oh, look at that, I touched the puck, and then someone else passed to someone else, and then the other guy scored. It was was nice. (laughs) McLeod fought a guy, so he's just doing his thing down there. He's not. He's on an AHL contract, so people. I've had people ask me if like, are we going to see McLeod? Uh, no, he can't play in the NHL this year. Um, but yeah. So then the second game though, I watched in full, and they were. It was, Derek Barabo and Nett stole the game for them. I think they they won four one. They only finished with seventeen shots on net, and four of them went in. Barabo probably made six Sports Center top ten. Uh, worthy saves like last there, there was at least two where there were shots on the point and one of them got deflected twice he's totally sold going left and he somehow with his right pad moved just enough to get a piece of it i literally like tore my fucking quad watching it like everything below my waist tore in half watching him do it um, but he was obviously first start of the game. He was unbelievable, and he stole that game for The one goal they had, he didn't have a chance. It was like a three-on-one, and it was Clonafetti who scored, so what are you going to do? You know, whomst among us has not. Um, Rossi was a goddamn stud. Holy Lord, I tweeted the video of his assist. Oh, my God. I was talking about Rem Pitlick earlier and his, his assist, that sweet little baby sauce. Rossi's was even better. It was insane. Again, the short-range sauce is such a hard pass to pull off, and he did. tape Like right on Cremorosa's tape. And then Cremorosa had the wherewithal to take it to the forehand, sell a shot, then go backhand cheese. It was so nasty. So nasty. So nasty. But yeah, he finished two assists, three shots. He's a plus two. Got third star of the game. Cremorosa had two goals. He's lighting it up. Second star looked really good. Uh, Nick Sweeney, like I said, four-game point streak. He had another assist that game to go with. uh, I think he had two shots, maybe. But, yes, so Sweeney leads the team in points with four goals, three assists for seven points through six games. Uh, Mason Charlotte really good again. He had a beautiful assist on a Kramerosa goal. He's got a three-game point streak. Hickett scored again, another three-game point streak he only has one he's played in six games this year he only has one where he hasn't scored or uh, or got a point whatever he's got two and two through six games um yeah and barabo is just a stud stole the game from him or for them and again this is a game where you don't have row doer addison beckman uh uh did i say doer yeah, doer Rao, addison beckman i think Lizard was back in can't remember but um so the lines are all shaking up, and you know they pull off that game. And again, I thought they were the better team in the first game too. So it's not that's not an easy situation to be in. But entertaining weekend for them. They look pretty good. That's a really good team. Uh, Reese played in his first AHL game and looked really good. He's a tough little bastard. Um, but yeah, good good weekend for Iowa. Yeah, there's no 35 minutes. Oh my god. Um, oh, ECHL. The Heartlanders. Oh, my God. Friggin' uh, I told you last week to follow Chris Peters. He put up a picture before the game. Hovinov, his first game over here. I'll tell you what. Uh, I didn't watch the game. Uh, he tweeted that picture of Hovenov at center ice. <laughs> that chin strap looked mighty tight around his neck so you know maybe he did come in a little bit out of shape i'm not i mean he he had an assist that game unfortunately they got piss pounded like 10-1 but he did have the assist on their lone goal but if you, i think i quote tweeted the the tweet with the eyeball emojis because hoping i was in but i mean the chin strap was like just fighting for air. And I was I was dying laughing. But like, get yeah, maybe it's just the picture, you know, just the not flattering angle. But I'll tell you what, the the bucket looked tight. Uh so you know, whatever. But hey, he had an assist. He's so he's a point per game kid. We'll take it, I guess. But yeah, 10 1, that's just tough, you know. That's tough. All right. 36 minutes down. Let's just do the prospect roundup real quick. This one is going to be quick because, again, like I said, I didn't catch a ton of these games. Um, I feel like I start with Ryan O'Rourke every week. Quiet week for him in terms of uh, baseline stats. So played in three games, only had one assist. Which, again, that's not crazy because he's not like – he has sneaky offense, I've said in the past, but he's not like a point-per-game guy. Um And that suit team isn't as good as they, – they're good, but they're not the same – they used to be an absolute powerhouse in the O. Um, And they're they're still really good. And they have a couple of kids in this year's draft who are nasty. Um, McConnell, Barker, sick. But it's not the same team. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They went – Two and one. Um The first game, though, of those three, he was an animal. Animal. Um, I watched that game in full the next day. And, I mean, he was legitimately everywhere. That was going game he finished with the assist, plus one, two pimps. I can't remember if it was a... Might have been a dumb penalty, but whatever. Who cares? It's Ryan O'Rourke. Let the kid live. Um He finished, like, 26-30 time on ice from what I tracked. Probably, like... Again, they don't track hits or blocks in that league unless you have to pay for it, maybe. Um, but, I mean, I know I counted at least, like, six big hits and probably four block shots. Two of them were unbelievable. And he had a couple of plays where he's the last man back in a three-on-one or a two-on-one. And I think there was probably three or four of those, and every single time the opposition did not even get a shot on goal. He was making diving stick checks. Um he was challenging the the puck carrier and winning the puck. Probably had like seven takeaways that game. He was an absolute animal. Um, he was really, really fucking good. Again, he only had one assist, and I think they won. Well, they went three. They won three one. Um, I would have given him one of the stars of the game just because. I mean, every time he stepped on the ice, he was doing something. I mean, he's just, he's just a beast. When he's feeling it, he's a man amongst boys out there. And. I think that was a game where he was on full display. There were a couple plays too, where he's not the quickest skater. He's not a bad skater, but he's not the best skater. And there was four different times in the first period where guys were trying to attack wide and he had no problem. Like there was one with one hand, he establishes body positioning. And then with his left hand reaches out, grabs the puck, in turns throws a hip check and steals the puck and then fires off a really nice first pass to start a scoring chance. He probably did that a couple times. times, um, but he was really good. I think I wrote down there are four different times in the first two periods where he was starting or he created really good scoring chances for the Sioux from behind his own net or like with a takeaway and then a really nice first pass up the ice to go for a counter attack and that the other goal, the goal, I forget who was a net. Um, but he made a couple of ridiculous saves to rob him of like a second assist or whatever, but he was really good in that first game. Um, I caught a little bit of both the other games and he was, he was fine. He wasn't bad. The set, the last game, he was a dad, he was dash one, but it was not, it had nothing to do with him. Um, So he was his normal self playing like 26 minutes a night, just hitting everything that moves, playing that no nonsense, natty gonna kind of type hockey um except he's on that first power play unit looking really good at the quarterback uh, and again like i said sneaky offense so he had three games played in assist plus one two pims two shots on goal so now through nine games he's got seven assists seven points seven pims the suspension that first game uh and 21 shots on goal so let's just move on carson lambos in terms of the games I've tracked of his, this is like the quietest week. He didn't look bad at all. He looked pretty, really, pretty good still. Um, they played four games. He had no points, and that's I think that's got to be the first time, probably like ever, that he's gone four games without one point. Um, and they had their first loss of the season. That stacked won a peg game. They got absolutely goalied against Edmonton. And guess who Edmonton Oil Kings goalie is? Sebastian Cosa, the other first round pick the Detroit Red Wings selected before Wallstead. Uh he was insane. Like I mean insane. They probably got out shot by twenty and he was just robbing everybody. Like I mean I think he had like four breakaway saves. Um that was Winnipeg's first loss of the year. Um in that game he was a dash one. It was his only minus game. And he still had three shots on goal. The goal against wasn't even that had nothing to do with him. Um but again I didn't catch a I caught or that's not true. I was gonna say I didn't catch a lot. I did catch a lot of his games. And he looked really good. Just it's just his normal self. His first game of the week he played against uh Red Deer and Kyle Masters. And he was a beast. He was ridiculous that game. Um I think I had him like at 27 minutes and they won three one. He was a plus two, two shots on goal. So he finished the week with four games played, plus two, eight shots on net, two pims. Um, so he's up to three goals and nine assists through 12 games, plus 12, 19 penalty minutes, 31 shots on net. Um, uh, he's this kid's a stud, man. Like again, like he still looked really good. And this was by far his as quietest as week of hockey. And again, they're playing four games in a week. That's crazy. There are teams that played one, it makes no sense. I don't understand the CHL scheduling. Um, but yeah. So Lambo's, in terms of like actual stats, pretty nondescript week, but he still looked really good. And he's probably your number one defensive prospect in your system. Let's go to cam loops. Hey, Caden bank here. Guess what I'm going to say? What have I said? Hmm. I'm not talking to anybody. Um, I said, I want to see him on second line. I want to see him play center. I want to see him elevate teammates. Didn't happen. Um, but in their they played two games. Obviously went 2-0. Oh, they won 7-1 and 4-1. Uh by far the best two games I've seen him play. By far. He was doing way more for that line. Again, he's playing with two other kids who were drafted, one by the wild. Um, and he was a beast. Like, I mean, he's on the four check. He's winning pucks. He's making really smart plays. He's setting up both. Um, he could have had in that. I can't remember if it was the first or second game. He probably could have had three assists. Um, The other team's goalie was just robbing everybody left and right, too. So I thought he was really good. Um, He had a goal in that first game, and it was nasty. Uh Stangovin wins a faceoff in the offensive zone. Puck comes right to bank here, who, again, a little detail that I look for in a lot of guys is how fast do you react off of faceoffs? Are you in there first? Are you battling for the puck? Now it came right to him, but he takes the puck off that face-off at the side of the dot, takes a stride in. He's looking towards the center of the ice, absolutely selling pass. I thought he was going to pass the puck. No look just throws a sneaky snapshot through three different players. The seam or the window for that shot was probably like eight inches and it goes top right corner. It was nasty. A no look shot from deep. And I mean, the puck hit the net and the goalie was just sitting there like, what the, f-? like, he had no idea a shot was coming. Um, It was, it was really nice. I love that. That's a high IQ. That's a goal scorer's goal. And again, he's a sneaky goal scorer, but he's more of a playmaker. And he was definitely a playmaker in both of the games uh, that they played in this week but I thought he was a beast. He was throwing hits left and right too. He was super active, super engaged. He got a little bit of PK time too, which I was like, holy shit, look at that. Um, but he definitely got rewarded with more ice time. He looked really good. Get a goal in the first game and assist in the second game. The assist was beautiful. Um, a really heads up play behind the net. Um, so two points in two games. I think he finished plus two, nine shots on goal in the first game. He took 10 face-offs, so he was playing a little bit at center, and he looked really good. Um, he went 6 for 10 at the dot, which is – like that's he's probably finished over 50% in, like, two games, that being one of them. Um, he looked really good. He looked really, really, really good. Second game was the assist. He was a plus two. Again, just making so many smart plays. That was, again, like, natural playmaker, playmaking center, and that's what I saw in both of the games, which I loved. It was so he he was awesome this week. He had a really good week. So finishes with finishes. There you go with goal assist, two points, plus two. He had nine shots on Cole. In the second game, he didn't fare as well at the face off. Went two for eight, but like whatever. Um, but yeah, he was a stud. He was really good, really, really, really good. It was really good to see. So that was by far the most positive bank here segment I've had so far. So. Not, so through nine games now, he's got seven goals, five assists, 12 points, five of those goals on the power play, uh, plus five. And he's right around 43% the face-off thought. So that six for 10 actually took a, little, like a couple percentage points up. So he looked awesome. For the first week, I think he actually outplayed Josh Pillar, who also looked really good. Um, Pillar finished this week. What was it? Let me check. I don't want to lie to you. Yeah, he had one goal in those two games. His goal was sick, too. Also, from the circle, and just an off-balance, like, sneaky snapshot that went top left. Um, I told you before, is two hallmarks of his game are his skating and his shooting. Um, He's not quite on the Novak or first-off level, where he's just shooting from literally everywhere, but he kind of is. He's kind of like a Craig Smith for the Bruins. Um, but he looked really good. Again, he's in all situations. Guy, he's on the first power play unit. He's on the first PK unit. Um, And I actually I didn't say this about the Bank here games, but he and Bank here and Stankov and they're on the ice when they are up one or two goals in the minute left. They stay out the whole time, and that tells me a lot about a prospect. Where you have the coaches trust to hey go kill the game off for us, and he is. Um, I thought he was really good defensively. It's probably the, he's always good defensively, but this is the first week where. His defensive play actually probably outshine his offensive play. Um, so, again, he's just picking up where he left off. He's playing really well. He's a really fun kid to watch. So he's also played nine games, five goals, eight assists for 13 points, plus five, 11 pims, 27 shots on net through those nine games. So, um, yeah, he looked pretty good. He looked, well, he looked really good. But I think Bank here of those two, Maybe that'll be how I approach this throughout the season is who played better between those two. I I'd give the edge to bank here this week. He was awesome, but pillar was also great. I thought they both looked right on par with Stankoven and Stankoven. I mean, he's in another tier above both of them. Again, I said this every single week. He should have been a top 20 draft pick. The kid is ridiculous. He's just five foot two and 40 pounds soaking wet. So people are scared um but i thought they were they looked right they looked just as good as he did this week which is saying a lot um so good good week for the camloops boys that's a, that team's nasty too uh next damon hunt didn't play because he's still suspended <laughs> for killing a kid um uh, so he's got one more game to serve and he'll be back friday against lethbridge so that's your damon hunt update Probably tried to fight a thing of popcorn or a hot dog in the press box watching the games. Um, but yeah, still suspended. Gotta serve one more of that four-game suspension.
1: NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered? New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 year older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. And $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 GAMBLER.
0: Next. I shouldn't have been surprised because I naturally in life, I'm just a mush. Anytime I get fired up about something, it just goes to shit. And that's aggressive. That's not exactly what happened. Kyle Masters by far was not um, the Kyle Masters that I've watched in his draft year and then draft plus one year. Now that's to say he was not bad. He wasn't bad this week at all. He just was not as good. So his first game against Winnipeg um, and Lambos, I actually thought between, I was going and looking at both of them throughout the game, to see who has the edge there, because it was going to be a really good game. Because Red Deer's a sneaky good team. Winnipeg's loaded. Uh, Winnipeg wins three to one. One of them was an empty net goal. And I actually thought Masters was better than Lambos in the first period. Um, I thought Lambos was trying to do a little bit too much. And it wasn't working out. And Kyle Masters was just doing the thing where it's keeping it simple. He was pretty good defensively. Again, that's not like the hallmark of his game. He's fine. He's not bad. But he was really good in that first period. Did the thing where he's just going to pick the puck up behind the net. Skate to the red line make a smart pass, not the obvious one, that one that sets up scoring chance. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second period, he had a really bad turnover, a really bad turnover behind his own net. I told you last week, the only reason he didn't go in the first round this year or this past season was because, he's not super consistent with how good he can be like the super high ceilings there, but the super low floors there too, in terms of some, usually he's pretty good about mitigating risk versus reward and the play is in his own zone. Uh, but then there are games where he tries to do too much or maybe the one time he doesn't look over his shoulder to see the four checkers coming. He's going to cough it up. Um, and he coughed it up bad and Winnipeg scored the game winner and I'm pretty sure last week I I thought that he hadn't been on the ice for an even strike goal against, and he was on the ice. So, of course, I was like, Jesus Christ, I mushed him. I mushed the kid. Um, and after that, I thought he looked timid. I thought he made a bunch of mistakes that I wasn't used to seeing him make. Um, it looked like he had lost a little bit of the confidence to pick the puck up behind the net and skate out for a transition or a zone exit the puck he didn't want to he just wanted to get rid of it um so that's the thing right that's what i said the risk reward thing with kyle masters it's real it's there in that game i definitely saw it now he still did make a couple of good plays and what did i say last week too he doesn't shoot the puck enough and he shot the puck a ton this week and he was shooting the puck a ton that game so against he was also on the ice for that sec so he's technically dash too but the second goal was the empty netter so who cares i don't really. whatever he, he didn't do anything wrong on that one. But he also had an assist that game. Um, So I think it was in the first period. So, you know, again, he won the first period against Lambos, but he had a bit of a rough... Rough... The only reason it was rough was because of that bad turnover that led to the game-winning goal, but... And again, like, my like level of expectation for him when I say rough is when he's not doing the things that he's legitimately elite at, which is transition offense and zone exits and evading four checkers. And he didn't really do that a ton after he made that mistake. So there you go. That's why he went in the fourth round. So that a game he had an assist. He was dash two. second game. They won four, three. He was dash one with four shots on goal on a high sticking penalty. I think. Um, but the goal against was had. I mean, it had nothing to do with him. I think, if I remember correctly, it was just a really good shot, or it was one that goalie should have had. I don't know. Like, I might be remembering the wrong thing, but he looked fine. He just, it, it was a nondescript game, but like, there are moments where, yep, there's Kyle Masters. So like, you know, what are you gonna do? But hey, you're he shooting the puck. And then third game, he was a yesterday. He was a stud, 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 stud. stud. He was nasty um they won three2 against Calgary in the saddledome where the Flames play I don't know I wonder if they do that every game I probably should know that but I don't um he was an animal though confidence was all the way back he was doing his thing carrying the puck and and really good defensively so finished plus one with two shots on goal so for the week he an assist' Dash two uh six shots on goal and then high staking penalty so he's up to Goal to assist through 13 games, plus nine, 13 pimps, 24 shots on goal. If I remember correctly, like half of those shots on goal have come in the last week or two weeks. Um, so all in all, it was like by far his, like I said with Lambo's most nondescript week. And there was a couple of times I was like, ooh, ooh, like that's a bad mistake. Um, which I haven't had to say a whole lot this year with him, but at the same time, there a lot, there's a lot of good too. So I wouldn't be i wouldn't read too much into it but let's just move on the next one last week i said i was gonna focus on novak this week and holy shit i reversed my mushing of masters i said i was gonna watch novak and holy lord he played two of the best games i've ever seen him play um so again i said this before like in his draft year um he had received a lot of criticism and doubt that he'd ever made the NHL, despite his offensive abilities, because he wasn't a super dynamic goal scorer. The The compete really wasn't there every night. Um, I don't think he knew before this season. I don't think he knew Like if he said, hey, go to like get net front. He'd be like, I don't I don't know. I don't speak. I'm sorry. I don't speak English. I think that's probably what he was like before. Um, he's changed that. Um, he's physically engaged every shift. Every shift he's physically engaged. Every single one. He's throwing hits. He's forechecking super. I've never seen him forecheck before, <laughs> to be honest with you. And he is forechecking and like not just like skate a million miles an hour and just like jump up and throw a hit to look like you're forechecking, like establishing good body positioning, forcing the defender that's retrieving the puck to have to retrieve it and go a certain way where another four checkers coming so he's setting up f2 as he's f1 um and he's like winning the puck like he's not just throwing the hit and being like all right i did it now what he's legitimately he's going in he's four checking hard he's winning the puck poke checks he's battling he's laying out i've seen him on the ice sprawled out like reaching like not in a bad way but for like poke checks and like just battling in that regard like i've seen him do that every game now and he did it probably 15 times in these two games. And not only that, I said this with, who was it? Bankier, when he scored his sickle. Off the face-off, he is the first guy in every time winning pucks, and they're scoring goals because of it. So they played two games this week. The first one, he has an assist. First of all, the first game, they lose 7-2. Fabian Liesel, my guy, the Bruins draft pick, in the first round this past, seat, this past draft, he went off, scored a hat trick. I mean... And Kelowna played one of the worst hockey games I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God, they were atrocious. It was so bad. They gave up a shorty. They couldn't stay out of the box. The PK couldn't kill a penalty to save their fucking life. Um, the turnovers, some of the turnovers were absolutely insane. Like, I mean, it was like a beer league team playing against the Lightning. It was insane. But Novak was not on the ice for a goal against. He finished plus one, plus one rating. And again, they lost seven to two. Uh, and he had an assist. And the assist comes in transition where normally it doesn't matter where he, sh- again, like this is the criticism of him. Where are we shooting from? He doesn't shoot with purpose. So the only purpose he's shooting for is to score. So like in transition, he would be trying to snipe from like the circle on a two-on-one. Not this time. Receives the puck in transition. Sees he as I think it was Colton Doc. Uh, Cause that's what he plays in line with and he shoots with purpose, which means he creates the rebound and doc has a tap in for the goal and he gets the assist. That's not just like a throwaway assist. That's a smart play. That's the right player shooting to get the rebound because you know what's happening because you're on a two on one and the defenseman really doesn't have a chance to win that puck off the rebound does that and they score. So he gets the plus or he gets the assist and he finishes plus one in a game. They lose seven, two. That's unbelievable. Seven, two. And he's on the first line. The second game, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hat trick. Hat trick. And none of his goals came from the circle. I mean, one of them was on the power play. The First one, he's scrambling net front against everybody else is in the crease battling for the puck, and he wins it and scores. Second one, pretty much the same thing. He's in the right spot. He's not just hanging out at the circle waiting for a clap bomb. He's getting to the net. He's battling for positioning, and he's winning the puck, and he scores a second goal. And the third goal, why am I blanking? Might have just been a really good shot. Can't remember. But they came back and they won. Uh, What was the final? 5-4. So he finished with a hat trick and six shots on goal. But I'm telling you, it was either his second goal or – I think it was his second goal. The whole reason that they won or that he scored was because – Ten seconds before he actually scored, he lays out to battle for a loose puck while getting hit from his knees, wins it back, gets control, gets to the point, point shot, chaos in front, and he's there on the doorstep to finish. Um, So this is a kid who a lot of scouts will tell you he's got a really he's got the NHL shot. He does. He's a really good shooter he's not going to make the NHL because he's not engaged every shift, the compete isn't there on a night-to-night basis. um doesn't play super physical whatever. Like all those reasons. Perimeter player, power play goal scorer, that's it. And I'm sorry, but if that's your one asset that you have in your game, you're not making the NHL. By the way, we just hit an hour so I failed. Um and Novak has not done that this season. It started I noticed it at the Four Nations tournament where I think he led the checks and scoring. Um I don't know what happened, but he flipped the switch. He flipped the switch. He's competing for every single loose puck. He still needs to get better about, like, how he's being physical. And, again, the def- the defense, you know, it's a work in progress with the kid. But, I mean, that's not why you drafted him. Um, But he's getting to dirty areas. He's working hard in the forecheck. He's not just letting – he's not a passenger. Like, he's not a- at all. Um, and again, that Kelowna team is pretty average and he's doing his thing. So by far of all the prospects he had, the, like he had the best week. It was, I was sitting there watching usually like cutting clips and like writing stuff down. I was just in awe because it, it, this is a different Pavel Novak. I mean, he's done it fairly consistently this season, every game, but like not like that, not like this week. I mean, it was, it was a kid on a mission. Only bad thing I had to say about him. Um, his first goal in the hat trick game scores, and he tried to do a sally like he full sprint to the glass when he go jump up. He, I mean, he tripped, basically speared his teammate like with a ta- It was a bad sally. It looked pretty bad, but I mean, who cares? He finished with a hat trick. So two games, three goals, one assist for four points, seven shots on net. It's so now through six games. He's got five goals, five assists, ten points, uh, two pims. Only one of those five goals is in the power play. And he's got twenty one shots on that. So, I mean, he was a stud this week, and I I love that. So he's tracking. He's making the improvements he needed to make to have a chance to play in the NHL. And he's he's we'll see. But he's gotta keep doing it every night. But I think that's it for our CHL guys. Oh my god, we're in an hour. I'm I just finished CHL. Jesus Christ, I went too long about the wild. But just like last week. We're going to start with the Johansons, Simon and Phillip. They were both studs this week. Um, We'll start with Simon or Simone, whatever it is. Sorry, bro. Uh, Ilvesh is on a heater. They had won like six in a row or something like that. Uh, Their first game, they won 4-2. He had a sweet assist. It was an absolute rip of a first pass stretch pass uh, from like right in front of his own net. And he rips this puck. It was inch perfect. Splits two guys. Hits his teammate who deflects it to guide in on net, all alone on a breakaway. Um, and they scored, or whatever he scored. Um, his partner Leo Luf just got named to Team Sweden for the Four Nations tournament. So there you go. Um, but he was a beast this week. He was really, really good. Uh. They played three games. He had that assist. He had six shots on goal, which isn't typical. Um, he played 15, 30 time on ice, 16, 39 a second game, and then the third game where they lost 5-2 to two, wasn't on the ice for a goal again. That's, you know, that's legit, and he played 18 minutes, so he was really good. Um, so now he's up to, you know, three assists through 17 games, averaging 17 minutes. Um, he was really good. He had a really, really, really good week. He stood out in the games that I watched. Uh, And same with Phillip. Scored a goal. Had four shots on net in the first game. Uh, They played two. They won both. He's right around 16 minutes. Um, Getting some love on special teams, which is great. So he finished plus one in those games. Four shots on net. So he's up to two goals, five assists for seven points in 14 games. I think he had like seven assists last year in like 30 games. Um, he's been getting better every week, I'm telling you. So that's one to look out for. You got drafted way too high. We all know that. But don't hold it against him when you're watching him play or you're trying to evaluate him. You can't look at where the kid was drafted and evaluate his play with that in mind. You have to be objective when you watch. And he was really good. And for London's starting to heat up. Edmondson's starting to play pretty well. Um And telling you the philip is just getting better and I, it's really nice to see with does that going to translate to him being a full-time nhl player i have no idea odds are stacked against them to be honest with you but he's trending in the right direction so we're going to move on from the Johansons. but another good week from just like last week i said really good week from both of them let's go to wallstead oh my god oh my god this kid he's so goddamn good he went 2-0 and this week First game, he had 15 saves and 16 shots, 2-1 win. Lulea looked like shit from when I was watching. And he's making high-danger saves left and right, um, winning them games. Like, that Lulea team at times is painful to watch, painful. And he is keeping them in the fight every single game, and he is definitely the out-and-out out starter now. um. Second game they win 5-2 makes 26 saves on 28 shots. By far, I think Lulea. Oh god, they only had like 20, not even 20 shots on net. They scored five, but um, by far was worked way harder than the other goalie in a five-two win. That's unbelievable. That's so hard to do. And again, this is an 18-19-year-old kid, can't remember. Um playing against men, playing against 30-year-olds, guys who have played in the NHL for a long time, playing against guys with NHL shots and he is getting better week by week and he is very legit. Like I've told you this before. A lot of people said, especially because the draft was so weak this summer, that there were people who believed that he by far had the highest ceiling of everybody. Like that's insane. And the kid—I mean, he's doing it. He's showing it. Like he's—he's he's honestly pretty close to being ready to go play in the NHL. Like this kid is unbelievable. Um, he is faux real, um, and he also got invited to the Four Nations Tournament, which is going the 12th or the 14th of this month for Team Sweden. So, I mean, he is just—I think he'll be in Iowa next <clears throat> next season. Um, but I don't think he's gonna. It's not going to take him a whole lot of time before he's in the NHL. He, he's just just zero panic. He's just so athletic and so technically sound when he's making these saves. And, again, people want to talk about Kosa. Probably, I think I did talk about it last week, but he's playing against WHL guys. The oldest player he's playing against is 20 years old, and he's great. He's a really good goalie, but that's doing this in the SHL. I think he's uh, – actually, I wrote it down <clears> – <throat> So now he's six and four, the 913. He's got the sixth best safe percentage in the SHL. And he's got a 203 goals against, which is fifth. I mean, come on. Hey, this kid's, he's a top five goalie in a men's league, and he's 18 years old. So sky's the limit for this kid. He's going to be, he very much, the potential's there for him to be one of the best goaltenders in the NHL when he gets there. So be excited, folks. Let's go to Russia. Uh, Guskov and Svetlakov got fucking hurt again after their first game I don't know what happened it's like impossible to get information out of there like I tried like it's just it's not happening um, but he only played in one game I think they won in a shootout but again fourth line center is playing 17 minutes doing his thing at the faceoff off um, dot looks really good and then I don't know what happened but he's hurt again so that sucks didn't play in the second game. Uh, Guskov looked great. First game, right around 13 minutes with a shot on goal. Technically, dash one goal had nothing to do with him. Uh, second game, he was a fucking animal. 17-30 time on ice. He's playing left wing with uh, Grigorenko again, and I think it was um, Kamenev. So two guys that played the NHL. Uh, shot, hit, block. They lost that game. one nothing. What are you going to do? So he finishes the week, two games, two shots, hit, block, technically dash one, whatever, who cares? So he's got two goals and three assists through 17 games. Um, and he actually got invited. Totally forgot this is a real thing. There's a there's a tournament called the Germany Cup. It's technically a B squad cup. Uh, so we got invited to be on Team Russia. That goes down november 11th so the day before the four nations tournament and it's just it's three days whatever but the couple nhl draft picks got uh, thrown thrown that russia squad so good for him for making the team um especially after missing some time with injury so we'll see you know and fifth round pick getting selected like it's pretty good yeah it's a b squad but who cares that's still good um who's a dinov was an animal and I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off again because Ska went out and fucking re-signed goddamn Alex Volkov from Anaheim, who I thought was going to be really good in the NHL. And then he decided he didn't want to play in Anaheim anymore, or in America, apparently. And he signed a four-year goddamn deal with another left wing. Just took more of who Nadina's minutes away in the power play, more like desirable time on ice. It's just immediately given to the guy. So now it looks like Houston in Dino. like pegged into that third line role, um, but he's playing left wing, right wing and center. So, <laughs> but the kid's a stud, man. Like he gets dog shit minutes, like a lot of defensive zone draws and the kid's a beast. He's just, it's funny. You know, he gets, they ask him about Gusev and um Volkov coming back to Scott and he's all excited. It's like, dude, you're getting demoted because of it. Like, I'd be pissed. And he's just like, yeah, this is great. Like this is the best. Um so they went 2 and 0 this week. No points, but he's blocking shots, he's playing 13 minutes time on ice and they won that second game pretty much because he made two really good plays with 10 seconds left. So he's getting thrown out on the ice to kill games off, to preserve leads. Um, He's getting a lot of PK time, occasional power play time and he's producing. He wasn't technically involved in the power play goal in that last game, but he made two really good plays to keep the puck in. He won the puck along the wall, and he advances it. Two passes happen, goal. So, again, just another really smart – again, it's the same thing. I say it every week. Uh, Just super smart, just an elite skater. There's offense there. Um, I'm excited for him to come over, but he looked really good. So he's up to four goals and seven assists for 11 points through 23 games, plus six. The kid's a stud, man. The kid's a stud. He should have gone the first round. It's crazy that he went in the second round. And that's Europe. Hour 12. Jesus. Fuck. (sighs) Let's go to college. Vlad. First off the Russian kid from Yukon. Holy shit. He was nasty this week. He was a beast points in both games. Uh, they went 2-0. They beat Northeastern, which is a top-ranked team. And they beat UVM uh, against Northeastern. They won 5-3, hit an assist with only one shot on goal. Any blocked shot, possibly the first time he's ever done that in his life. He was actually trying on defense, so it's great. And not just shooting from literally everywhere when he had the puck on his stick. Um, he looked really good. And then in the second game versus UVM, he scored a beautiful game winning goal. He got sent in all along the breakaway and he just went shelf. It was sick. Uh, he looked really good. He was all over the place. Uh, he took a boarding penalty, which was kind of funny. The kid's fine. It's fine. It wasn't a major. It was a minor, but a stupid penalty, but it was kind of funny. Um, so a goal and assist in those two games. Um, but he was really good. Skating was there. Fully engaged. In all three zones, at least trying defensively, which is not, you know, his calling card. He looked really good when I watched. So now he's up two through seven games. He's got four goals and one assist. Like, that was the one thing I was hoping he wouldn't get any assists and he'd average a goal a game with zero. That'd be very funny if he won the Cy Young. Um, But yeah, four goals, one assist for five points through seven games. He's got 17 shots on net and he blocked his first shot ever, probably. You know, I probably blocked him last year, but I'm not going to. We're not going to talk about that, but he looked really good. He was really good. Good for him. It's another good week for the kid. Uh, All right. BC Eagles. Our boys look great. Um, They lost five, four in that first game. I think it was the final score. Uh, Jack McBain's lighting up the score sheet. He's leading them in points. So he has 14 points in their eight games. The next closest Nesterenko uh has 7. So he's doubling up literally everybody. He's playing on the top line with McLaughlin Um so that helps. But he had a goal in the first game, 5-4 loss, three shots on net, went 11 for 20 at the faceoff dot. Um he looked really good. He's just like again, he's a senior so this is what you want from him, but he's looking really good. He's in the right spots offensively. He's a threat in the power play. Um he's really a guy that the opposition very much has to be paying attention to obviously being the number one center. Um, But getting to the right spots and making the right play, um, especially for a BC team who, like, like I said, last week, they lost the bowl. They lost Spencer Knight, They lose all these, these kids to the NHL, Alex Newhook. um, And he's just filling in and he's doing great. And then a second game, he puts up two more goals. I think they they might have been both power play goals. Can't remember, but that was a uh, three two win versus who they were who they playing. Oh, they were playing UVM. Sorry, first off, his game winner was against Dartmouth. Sorry, um, but yeah, BC they win three two in the second game. He scores both or two goals with two shots. Doesn't do great the face off that game, but who gives a shit? So three goals for him in those two games just their number one offensive threat against he's doubling up his entire team in points so he leads the team in points with 14 5 goals, 9 assists in those 8 games um, he's right around 50% of the face up that. so another good week for him, he's just been a beast he's on fire right now he's got a, he's got goals in his last 3 games um, but yeah he's so he's been their number one scoring third after Boldy and Newhook left which is exactly what you want from him um, Nestor Anko is pretty good uh, the first game he had two assists, four shots. He was fine. I mean, he's playing usually on that third line at the wing. Uh, the second game is pretty nondescript game from him. He was just kind of there. Didn't have any shots. Didn't block anything. Didn't. I don't know. He was kind of wasn't bad. I mean, they won, but uh, he was just there from when I when I was watching. So I mean, it doesn't matter. Two games, two assists four shots on net so now he's tied for second in points on the team with seven through eight games with three goals and four assists um but yeah he looked really good in the first game and then second game like mean, really good for him is like being noticeable um but that's not a problem it's not like a bad thing um considering the team that he's on and the players that are ahead of him the depth chart he's not getting those great power play looks um he's working defensively he's Getting better, today um, so yeah, is fine. And then Marshall Warren, he looked great. He really drives offense. In terms of their defenseman on that BC team, he really is a big offensive force for them. He every if he only has two shots on goal in a game, that's like very low for him. Um, so he does a lot of work for them from that back end in terms sort of generating scoring um gets a lot of looks on their power play he's really important for them um on that back end so he had four shots on Cole in the first game We had one in the second one so that's low um then he had a block shot called Pims penalties weren't great they're were, like tripping and it was like dude that's just a lazy stick they didn't have a long shift um but he's another one that he jumped up he got Drafted like 165th or something, or maybe 50 something. That's another guy, Prawnman, Literally, like, got redrafted in the third round after going sixth or fifth round, whatever it was. So, it's just something about the kid tells me he's gonna at least get NHL games. It's gonna be tough for him considering you look at the guys on the Wild now, the guys that are signed long term, and then you look at some of the prospects that are definitely ahead of him. But I think he's got a chance. He's a really mature player. He's super smart, really solid defensively, but drives a ton of offense from the back end, which really isn't easy to do in college hockey. It really isn't. Like A lot of the guys that do it are those elite like Jake Sanderson types. Kale McCarr. Um, he's not at all on their level, obviously, but generating offense on the back end is really tough to do in college hockey, and he's doing it in hockey east, which is a very legit, conference obviously um so now he's up to three goals and three assists for six points through eight games he's got 26 shots on net and he's blocking shots and he's tied for third and points on the team so good week for the college guys and i actually this week caught a little bit of nate benoit for tri-city and he actually looked really fucking good <laughs> by far the best two games i've seen him i get that i shouldn't say that considering i watched sparing nate benoit but he looked he was a beast he was throwing hits left and right uh defensively was really good he was actually shooting the puck which he doesn't do ever um he looked pretty dangerous there was a couple plays in transition i was like holy shit look at him go um he's not just like sending a okay first pass and then "Yo, get me the fuck off the ice bro um but again he's on that stacked tri-city team his defensive partner is, you know, who his defensive partner is Mr. Mitchell. Um, but he was great. He was really good. It was, very, it was important in the, he was on the ice for two goals. So um, they won five, nothing that first game. He had a shot on net, which is rare. And he was a plus one rating and he made an important play to keep play alive from the score. In the second game, he had two shots on a goal. He was feeling a little frisky, also a plus one, and also making plays on those goals, or that goal, whatever. Um, and defensively, it was just a beast. He plays hard, man. That kid hits, um, which makes sense that North Dakota is where he's going because that's what they like. So, you know, he looked pretty good, man. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I was. So good for that guy. So, four games now. He's got six shots on net plus one, six pips. And that's the roundup. Hour and 20. My God. And I still have to answer questions. So, let's just get right into it. I got to find the questions. I wrote them down. Okay. First one. Whew. Man, I did not keep it to an hour. I'm an idiot. Uh, first one Derek Felska at crease and assist on Twitter. It makes me laugh every time Uh, he asks besides the blue chippers. Many fans clamor for which older prospects do you think may get a look with the big club this season if they continue to perform well in Iowa? So you've already got a look at a couple of them, right? So Kyle Rouse, like the obvious one, Um, then he's what, 29 now. But he's been he's playing. for me. You look at the guys down in Iowa who maybe they're AHL journeyman, um, guys that have played NHL games before. And another thing you have to look at is their contract situation. So like Cody McLeod has played tons of games in the NHL, but he's on an AHL deal, so we can't play. Um a couple other guys like Otten Bright or There's a bunch down there, but they're not signed to NHL deals, so they can't come up and play. So I look at guys who, number one, are playing well, um, and number two, have a little bit of NHL experience, or they've been the AHL for a while and have performed for more than a year um, and done fairly well. And again, that totally depends on what lineup spots open up for them. So a lot of times it is that fourth line, maybe third line role. So for me, you look at, Like I said, they just called up Kyle Rau. Um, Another guy that fits that would probably be Cramarosa. He's been a stud down there other than when he's like telling the official to fuck himself and like saying shit about his family and getting the penalty for abusive official. Like you shouldn't. It's not funny, but like it is funny. Um, You know, we saw him last year too. I think he had an assist in one of those games, but I'd assume he'll get a call up at some point. Uh, Joe Hicketts has been awesome. He's played a couple NHL games. I expect him to get a call up. Uh, Dakota Mermis, he's been solid. He's played in it. We saw him last year a bunch. He's 27. Uh, Churchman's been great. He's 30 now. Um, Lazat's 26. and I think part of that was not wanting to hit the 10-game threshold with Addison unless he's there full-time. So you can send him back down without waivers. They didn't use Addison in both of those games. They're trying to bank a little bit of time, I'm guessing. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Lazat back up there. Um, it's going to be harder, though, for those defensemen, right? Like, Addison's clearly their guy. Like, they chose him over Jordy Benn, um, who they literally signed to an NHL deal. Uh, one way. Like, not like a, hey, whatever. Like, maybe. Um, but it's kind of hard for them just because that blue line is so stacked with, like, legit NHL players. Um, but yeah, but I would, so in terms of defense, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mermis churchman, uh, Lazat comes back. Um, and then you asked about older guys, but a couple guys who have been impressive, who, I mean, it totally depends on your definition of old. Um, but Mitchell Chafee's looked really good. He's on a two way deal, but he's, he was able to play. He's been really good in those games. um, Dominic Turgeon I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a look at some point he only played in one game this year I think he got hurt, but again that's a 25 year old I believe he's played a couple NHL games before um yeah I don't I'm fairly confident people need to stop demanding Rossi come up because he's on a three game point streak don't let him play a full year of pro hockey in the AHL please for the love of god don't put all this what do you like where are you gonna play him what do you want him to do for you because he's not gonna be throwing fucking sick ragu sauce playing seven minutes in the fourth line with like four seconds of shorthanded time um i'd expect you to see Rao, and then doer has been deserving of a call-up since last year if you remember they're talking about for the the two dewey's do and doer with the guys like battling for a spot So I'd expect to see him a little bit more too. I think he's going to get a couple more games, especially as they're still hurt or whatever COVID. Um, And then in terms of like wild cards who have been like playing well, um, not just this year, but last year um, in a wild card, that's just played really well since going to the AHL after college last season. But I look at like, I love Damian Giroux. I thought he was a steal where they drafted him. Um, or that's, sorry, that's not true. It wasn't a steal. He's just progressed really well. He blew up the year. His draft plus one year, he blew up, like, doubled his points. He's the captain in the OHL. Played really well last year in his first AHL season, albeit in that weird year. Uh, but he's looked Again, he's looked really good in those games. I'm going to root for Mason Shaw just because of his story, and he's just this resilient little bastard, and he's looked good every single game. Um, Who else? And then a, the super wild card would be like a Nick Swaney but I don't think that's going to happen. First of all, there's just no spot. Um, but he's just looked so good, and he looked good last year when they called him up after he left. Was it UVM or whatever? I thought I had him penciled in for never seeing pro hockey time. Maybe ECHL, but um, he's looked really good. He's not just getting freebie points. He's leading the team down there, and he's looked dangerous every game. So all that, but he the, those guys aren't old but old guys i would expect you'll see at some point cramerosa hickets mermas maybe Terjan, maybe churchman i bet you'll see Lazad again um and then for the younger/wild card guys i'd throw chafee swaney's not very likely but who knows maybe they'll reward him for playing so well and then maybe base and Shaw would be awesome but those have been the guys that have really stood out every game for Iowa this year um, so I hope that answers that question uh, next one don't know if this kid listens to the podcast at all so but I was tweeting about Lambos and Masters in that Red Deer versus Winnipeg game and he had a question about Lambos this is Jarrett at Jarrett Lord sweet name do you have and this is about Lambos do you have a play style Uh, comp for him, like not production or numbers, just purely based on how they play and this is going to sound really dumb for a few reasons because both the players I'm going to say, first of all they're right-handed, and I wouldn't say it's necessarily like complete package, same same game, like but there's like flashes where you're sitting there saying, oh, that kind of looks like that guy, Um, especially on the power playing and in the offensive zone. Carson Lambos plays a lot like Kale McCarr. He does. He is super, super, super active um, at the blue line. Panic threshold is insane. He's under pressure with two guys on him. He's going to get around him somehow with the puck on his tape. He's not giving up a shorthanded rush the other way. Um, and I actually like the way Josh Tesler smart, smart. It's, it is smart, S-M-A-H-T, scouting. because He's a Boston kid. Um, he calls it happy feet, where he's, he's just not standing still. But he'll make you look stupid. He'll make you look stupid with the puck. Um, if you're going to go out and challenge me, you're not smart about it or you're not giving him the space and the respect that you should give a kid like Carson Lambos, who is that good with the puck on his tape on the power play and he is that mobile and agile and the skating's that good Um he'll make you look dumb he will make you look like Kale McCarr look made Ryan Hartman look like that was bad remember that last year holy shit he'll do that and he does that six seven eight nine, 10 times a game. Like, I mean, consistently, every game he's doing it at least once. He will walk, guys. It's crazy. So offensively, in the offensive zone and on the power play, he does play a lot like Kale McCarr. I think he's got a lot more bite. When he's fully engaged and his competes there, he has a lot more bite, a lot more nasty than a Kale McCarr. Um, But when you watch him pull off some of the moves that he pulls off, that he's quarterback of that power play. Holy shit. Like that looks a lot like Calvacar, which is why a lot of people had him before he got hurt. Um, Top five in this past year's draft. Um, And then if you go back and read a lot of scouting reports, you'll see a lot of people say that his draft year, he profiled eerily similar to an Alex Petrangelo. So I think Lambos is again, is a better skater. I think Petrangelo is a better defender. Um, but offensively, they're pretty similar. I think Lambos is a lot more flashy, but in terms of a guy that you're relying on in both ends, it's, it makes sense. Like, I remember reading, them like, oh, yeah, look at that. Um, so I mean, that's that's how high his ceiling is, right? Like, I just brought up Caleb Carr and Alex Matrangelo, two guys who have had plenty of Norris votes and are viewed as some of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. So that's how I. I think that's how I'd answer that question. And then I got two from (laughs) Cooch Williams. What a name. Sorry if that's your real name. Uh, At Skull underscore Vikings. He messages me every once in a while to ask random questions, which I don't hate at all. I enjoy getting those questions. But the first question that he asked was a quick one. How long does a player stay on IR? injured reserve. Um, so really there's no rule. Uh, as long as you're hurt, you're hurt and you're on IR. Um, if you're, if the injury is bad enough and you're expecting to miss, I think it's 10 NHL games and 24 days in the NHL season. Then you're eligible for LTIR and that's the Kucherov thing. You can go over the salary cap and all that shit. Um, but that's like, Oh, that's long term. That's the only, that's really just the difference. Um, and then he asked thoughts on the wild burning Beckman and Addison's years if shit hits the fan for a while. So if you're asking in terms of like contract wise, there is a thing called the ELC slide. So if a player is I think it's 18 uh, in that year on his ELC and he doesn't play 10 games and it does include by the way uh regular season and playoffs, what happens is they call it the slide. So that year doesn't count. So 2019, 2020, Kalen Addison's contract slid. He was 18 years old and he was playing um in where was he? WHL? I think so. Was he Lethbridge? I think he's Lethbridge. doesn't matter. Uh so his contract slid. And then last year he was whatever, 19 or 20 years old. Um, so he wasn't even eligible to have his contract slide. So they're already in year two of his contract anyways. Now you have to, now he's at seven games. So you have to worry about the 10 game rule where once you play 10 NHL games, I think it's the same rule. Um, now you have to pass waivers if you're going to go back down to the AHL. So for him, it doesn't really matter. Um, in terms of burning a year of the contract. You're already burning it anyways. And then Beckman also doesn't really matter because he signed his deal in 2020. It's, it, his also slid last year because he's playing at WHL. So this is year one of his contract. Um, So I think he's, what, 20 now? So... You're already burning a year anyways, I believe. I might be fucking that up, but I would rather have Beckman play in the AHL unless he's going to come up, be a full-time player in the NHL and play more than 10 minutes, get power play time, get offensive zone draws and legitimate... you know, offensive zone starts and like looks to, I want them to, if he's going to be there, he's going to be full time. and He's going to be an important offensive player for them. And I just don't see that opportunity for him right now. So stick with the Connor Dewars, the Kyle Rouse, fuck call up Cramarosa If you have to, um, I'd rather have him playing in the AHL, playing with Marco Rossi, playing with Matt Boldy when he comes back. Um, then I, there's just no point. Again, he looks pretty good, right? Like he played 10 minutes at three shots had a breakaway taken away from him. Um, I mean, him and I think it was Dewar, but they both fell asleep on that first Landis God goal, but like whatever, they're young kids, it's going to happen. Um, but I'd rather have Beckman get a full season of AHL, unless they're convinced that he's going to come up and be legitimately um, dangerous offensively. And they're going to whatever, give him more than 10 minutes. So that's how... Hope that answers your question, Mr. Cooch. <laughs> Cooch Williams. Um, okay, so I said I was going to keep it short. Didn't do that. To my credit, though, I told you it probably wasn't going to happen anyways. We're at an hour and 35 minutes. Um, uh, we've more than gone beyond what I was hoping for. I guess I just, like, woke myself up as we started, and now we're here. So that's it that's the episode that's the show judds buds episode five thank you for tuning in god bless you if you make it this far every week you should be paid to do that and i'll see you next week peace